Hello and welcome to the Uncapped Podcast, brought to you by Roast House Pub, one of Frederick's finest craft beer and culinary destinations, where great people come to drink amazing beer. Visit them to track their taps and menu at roasthousepub.com, or download the digital pour app to track what's on tap. This is episode 132, and I'm your host, Chris Sands. Today we're talking to Emily Bobotas, the quality assurance manager at Flying Dog, and Sarah Healy, the marketing manager from Milk House Brewery at Still Point Farm. Hello, ladies. Hey. Hello. So we're we're recording in the conference room at Flying Dog Brewery today because there's a big event to release Flying Dog's version of the Pink Boot Society beer called Tenacious V. Mm-hmm. Um, first, I want to start out... Um, what is the Pink Boot Society, in case anyone doesn't know? Which, I mean, I, I think I have an idea of what it is, but I don't know. Speci- I feel like there are probably details that I don't know about it. Right. Well, basically, it's um, a group of women in the brewing industry that got together and decided that they um, wanted to assist, inspire, and encourage women in the brewing industry to advance in their careers through education. So they have um, different like seminar programs, um, different chapters, um, not only nationally but internationally, and also scholarship funds that they have. Oh, so it's it's outside of the U.S. Also, mm-hmm. yeah. okay. See, I thought it was just national. See, I already don't know that either. I don't know. Well, it's awesome. See, Sarah, you're learning things too. I am. I am learning. <laughs> Thanks, Emily. Yes, no problem. So, what sorts of things? Um, and we are joined now by. Bailey O'Leary from True Respite Brewing. Hi, Bailey. She's the um, co-founder and owner. Don't knock that camera over. That would be important. <laughs> hey, guys. Sorry, I'm That would be late. really funny, Very actually. Good. We have a beer waiting for you. Oh, that's awesome. This is <laughs> that's all you need. The best way to get here yeah, after sitting in traffic. That hospitality. <laughs> yeah, and for well, some geez. reason, you, yeah. you, would, you would think that Mother Cheers. Nature would want... Um, an event like this to take place, but it has not cooperated. It's she really has not, not cooperated at all for this uh, this event. Unfortunately, no. That's all right. <laughs> yeah, she'll come around. Yeah, it's gonna stop, and it'll be, it'll great. be great. Yeah. So <laughs> what's weird? <laughs> so the is the Pink Boot Society like? Do you have meetings, or is it just every year that there's a beer brew like? Can you expand yeah, further on what? Absolutely. Um, so basically, they have chapters throughout like the nation and internationally, as I mentioned. Um, we don't have one in Frederick yet. Um, that It takes a lot of time. We were looking yeah. into it to try and start one around it's here. It's a big and, yeah, deal. Yeah. For sure. Um, it's like a part-time job basically. to get it set oh, so up. You, to get a charter, you have to have, meet a lot of requirements. Mm-hmm. To yeah, there's like a certain number of people that you have to have chair. It's like a hourly commitment, like weekly or monthly, like it, to mm-hmm. get it up and going. It's a lot. So they made, really made it. it easy and friendly for people to get involved. <laughs> Great. Well, yeah, it takes work <laughs> it's, because it's, I mean, it's a lot. It, it's a lot, but like it's so rewarding. So. Yeah. I came here from Austin, Texas, and they have an incredible chapter there. Um, And basically, they meet um, like every month, maybe a little bit more, depending on what's going on in the brewing industry. But um, they'll like put on different programs where uh, like we did one week, we did a series of um, 
off flavor testing. So we, oh, that's we so taught cool. each other, you know, about off flavors and, that's you know, awesome. diluted it down to figure out what our thresholds were, which was really cool. And then we, um, we learned how to clean tap lines, which was really neat. Yeah. Um, yeah. We just like toured each other's breweries and it's, you know, like, that's awesome. Pretty much what Pink Boots is about. I've heard they do stuff like going around to schools to like encourage women to get involved in brewing and like encourage people that like it's not just a boys game like women are involved in all aspects of the industry which mm-hmm. is really cool and then they offer scholarships as well mm-hmm. for furthering education which is awesome yeah so is that awesome. can any any position within a brewery be part of the pink boot society or is it fo- yeah. so does, as long as you're employed at if a brewery you, you can work with beer okay if you serve beer if you I mean, it can't be just like if you like to taste beer, like you enjoy beer. Like that. Sure. That's kind of <laughs> but like, I don't know, any any part of the process whatsoever. Because you can join as an individual. You don't have to join as like oh, your okay. brewery doesn't have to join. Sorry, yeah. So okay. like you can belong to like there's a D.C. chapter. Mm-hmm. So you DC, can just I think, I think you just have annual dues that you pay. Mm-hmm. And then you. Yeah. So you as an individual can go, which mm-hmm. is awesome. So I guess it. it you don't have to have a chapter then to support right. to be to be part of the annual because is it just annually mm-hmm. there's a beer brood for, mm-hmm. okay. yep yeah we do it on international women's day appropriately um yeah get together and brew the beer and that money goes towards their scholarship fund so they can okay. and they also not only is it the scholarship fund but they they distribute it out to the chapters as well so they can continue to educate, you know, do the, you know, tap cleaning and get so all cool. the, the things they need to be able to, or resources they need to be able to teach others. So to just be able to brew it, you have to agree then to give a portion of the proceeds or does it have to be all the proceeds or? Um, I think it's I think up it's to whatever you. you want, really, okay. yeah. Um, the hot blend that they made for this, um, a portion of that goes to, so purchasing those hops that went into this beer goes to that scholarship fund as well. Okay, so it's like the entire industry supports mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think so it's different cool. each year. Like last year, wasn't it like the style was a kettle sour? Um, that was what we chose. Oh, gotcha. It was also a freestyle last year. So yeah, the Pink Boots, they'll kind of, um, the past we've done it the past three years here, and they um, basically like, they'll either come up with a theme for you to do. Like two years ago was like a historical or ancient beer, and so we did an alt beer um, and then the past two years, it's been like a hot blend that we could use. And the, at GABF, they had um, a group of women from the Pink Boot Society go and smell the hops, and they got to pick out what they wanted their blend That's to so be. That's so cool. Which cool. is pretty neat. And um, Yakima Chief Hops did uh, this blend, I think this year and last year. That's so cool. Yeah. So did Milkhouse or True Respite brew one? or? We did not. No, we didn't. Not either. yet. We wanted to do one. In the future. <laughs> but the, um, everybody knows Tom and his the hops that he prefers. Okay. And then the blend, it was like, well, I could buy one bag and do a dry hop on a cask for what he would <laughs> agree to because he hates those hops. But next year, yes. it's my goal. Next year, right. I'm just going to buy them and do just it. Just do it. And yeah. just do it behind his back. Yeah, it'll so be fine. He won't it'll be fine. It it'll be, be fine. Like, this is so good. It's like, oh, like, man, right? did you do this? Did you pick this? Yeah, we did, and it's awesome. <laughs> so now, do you have to wear pink boots? No, you don't have to wear okay. pink boots. But obviously, 
You do. You do. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to stick my foot up here. Right? <laughs> <laughs> oh, those are awesome. Yeah. So we'll where just do take you your get, word for yeah. it. Where do you get pink boots? Do you, is, um, can you get them like through the Pink Boots Society or? Well, actually, that's kind of a funny story. Right now, I think we, we get them through Dunlop, but I think they just discontinued selling them. What? So we're kind of looking for another uh, route to That sounds like a controversy them, in right? the making. Uh, right. Yeah. Well, there's a huge market. So if anyone out there wants to start selling pink, pink steel-toe boots. boots, that'd be great. <laughs> you know, I'll when I was them. just at CBC, we were wandering around looking at vendors for boots because our assistant brewer, I mean, he cannot more than three months like he destroys boots one of our customers just gave him a pair of like firefighter boots three months holes in them wow. I'm like how do you how do you do that i mean my three-year-old like destroys shoes really quickly <laughs> yeah she maybe. barely knows how to walk does, does he have that problem really maybe <laughs> i think he's just working too hard i think you're right but yeah pink steel toe boots anybody want to make them yeah we all, all need them. them yeah at a reasonable price they have them in the uk for like 60 bucks and it's like and then you have to pay for the shipping or whatever. So, it's like so there's really like no place now to get them? I mean, there probably is, but like... For the quality that you need for yeah. like all the chemicals and everything you're yeah. going to be. Oh, that's crazy. I didn't realize they discontinued them. Yeah. Rude. Oh, it's like recent. I know. Rude. It's crazy. I have a hole in mine right now. I have, I have duct tape on it because they don't have my size out in the market right now. Is it no. pink duct tape? No, it's black, but that's all right. So... Um, <laughs> I love it. Uh Tell us about the beer. Yeah. Um, so it is an IPL, which is an India Pale lager, um, basically a hoppy lager. Um, we used a German lager yeast strain. Um, we dry hopped it with that YCH um, hop blend, which is three parts laurel, two parts glacier, and then one part Sabro, Simcoe, and Mosaic. Um, yeah, it's just kind of like a light, easy to So which to drink hop does Tom beer. hate? Simcoe. Oh. Really? And Mosaic. What's wrong with That's him? like what He says it's cat pissy. Yeah, it I is. have heard a lot But of he has that cilantro that. thing. That's fair. Like he has this, like, oh, don't they say <laughs> it's like a genetic thing that it oh. tastes like stink bugs or whatever? Yeah, or like soap. And I think there's allegedly a correlation, <laughs> like, between the two. Like, if you hate cilantro and you get, like, it's, like, extra pissy to them. Ah, and he doesn't get any of the blueberry from Mosaic. I don't know. I so mean, he's defective. He is defective. Yes. <laughs> if anybody has a new Tom, we're in the market <laughs> for a new Tom Bars. We have no Casas Tom Bars is used up. We've really? avoided it. Yeah, because of the same, the same yeah. thing that yeah. if you... And I guess, I don't know, maybe Kenny's got the cilantro thing, too. I'll have to talk to him about that. You should that. ask him, like, do you think this tastes like stink bugs? Because I think it's delicious. So do I. It's, a, it's one of the I best I mean, I thoughts. could see how people get stink bug, like, a little bit, but it's delicious. Yeah, I like yeah. it. I put, this is yeah, going to be my claim so to fame, cilantro. talking about stink bugs. <laughs> yes. You need a non-broken Tom. Yeah. Well, <laughs> no. well this one's pretty worn out when you're new. Oh, yeah. But, yeah. Um... This so is isn't delicious. There some, there's some, a little bit of controversy with IPLs, though, isn't there? Like, I believe I some know. purists think that it's ridiculous to add that much hop. Isn't there a controversy with everything? Basically, yeah. yeah. Like, let's I just. I think it's just, I mean, I really enjoy lagers personally. Same. I mean, lower ABV. Ours is at 5.5% ABV, which is nice. Um, Love it. So, I don't know. It's kind of nice. So, if you want to have something light, but 
isn't like super bland. Like you have that flavor yeah. kind of mm-hmm. punches you in the face. And you bit. could drink an entire crowler of it if you came here exactly. and bought. Are is that just for today or is any like does it is it always going to come in the special crowler? Um, if you want to buy a crowler, you can. You can also just have it on draft out there. Did you guys um, package it? No. Like, Cans or anything? We did kegs only. We were going to mm. do cans, but, you know, the government shut down and it kind of pushed back some mm. things <laughs> as far as, like, Obama. getting TTV. Yeah. Oh. All right. Okay. I'm pretty <laughs> old stuff. <laughs> um, so, what? next year it'll be in cans. Mostly. Oh, awesome. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Yes. Are there any women brewers at F- Flying Dog? Mm, well, Lisa... Adams is our production oh, specialist. Here, the names are on the back um, of the crawler. Well, there's a lot of names there. Bang. She um, has done everything. That's so cool. At the brewery, pretty much, and she um, no, like she can brew, but yeah, we currently because she was in the cellar for a while. I remember, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, she's done like literally probably everything in the brewery. That's so cool. She's a total badass. Um, but yeah, we don't currently have anyone back there, but I'm sure it'll happen. With the way the industry is moving, which is cool. Hell yeah. Mm-hmm. A huge thank you to our presenting sponsor, Roast House Pub, which is located at 5700 Urbana Pike in Frederick, Maryland. If you have listened to this podcast before, you have definitely heard me go on and on about the beer dinners that Chef Nico creates. Simply put, they are amazing. But Roast House Pub has much more to offer. Their friendly staff is knowledgeable about beer and will help you choose from among the 20 beers they have on tap. In addition to the awesome beer selection, the food is always amazing. Make sure to follow them on Facebook and check their website at www.roasthousepub.com to keep up to date on their constant stream of events. So one thing I was thinking about earlier, like how the Pink Boot Society is to promote women getting into the brewing industry. Obviously, all three of you do. Do you feel like that it is, is there... Is there something that is preventing women from wanting to come in or just it's not uh, an attractive option, not presented as an option? So it's more of an awareness thing or is there an actual obstacle that prevents people Hmm. from wanting to? Um, Well, I personally would say I don't think there's any obstacle. I think it's more of a kind of a, a long-standing stereotype that men were beer drinkers and women were like more wine drinkers um so it's Wait, there's that stupid book well right? there's like, a book yeah something isn't like wine for, i don't know there's some kind of like that's a title of a book or something i think well really? then that maybe that's where it came so. from that's what it is. <laughs> isn't there graham <laughs> graham knows see, yes, graham's a grandma grease the other mm. man in the room I like how none of us have ever heard of the book. Yeah. It must not be popular. We're just making- yeah. <laughs> must not be popular with our crowd. Right. Yeah. We, exactly. we just make stuff up on this side of the room. No, that's fine. <laughs> you can just make stuff up. That's fine. Like name pronunciations. You can just make right. it up. Spellings. It's fine. I swear I got that spelling from someplace. <laughs> it's not my fault Ooh. that Emily has a hard name. It's so hard. It's, yeah. It's really difficult. <laughs> you- you misplay, you misspell a couple vowels, and it does become yeah. <laughs> difficult if you spell it wrong, yeah, it's, you pronounce it, it wrong. Is. I would have said it the way you did if I spelled it that way. And to make you feel better. So you were kind <laughs> of right. You were half right. I don't. Yeah. I don't know if there's any obstacles either, other than like a, 
your personal feeling that Mm -hmm. you may not fit in. And we're very fortunate in the Maryland, D.C., Virginia brewing community. There's a ton of really badass women. So, and that's and a, they're that's, really welcoming, and and the men are really welcoming too. Like, yeah. not to exclude men. Yeah, and well, that was another thing. I, I as I thought about it too, there are not only are there are a lot. There's a lot of breweries that are either owned fully mm-hmm. or partially owned by women mm-hmm. in Maryland, and then across the gamut of every other position that people hold sure. there in Maryland, at least a lot of women employed at breweries. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think we have a really cool group, but I did notice like at CBC it was, there were a ton of women, but like of the 14,000 attendees there, which is like a lot of people, mm-hmm. um, it was really male dominated. Do, do you think like the, um, it was probably like the, the late nineties is probably when it started to shift. But um, like Coors, Budweiser, everyone's marketing was just scantily clad women or uh, bikini models. Mm -hmm. Do you think that kind of led to it being a turnoff or or just not something that women thought would be where they wanted to go into? Or I think it played into it. Or I'm just too old for that. Yeah. Most so, people don't even think about it. We had um, Maureen O'Prey, who's a historian. Yeah. She oh, came and great. talked at our brewery a couple weeks ago, and she was showing us pictures. They're in her book, and pictures of like old brewery ads from like pre-prohibition, and they were, I mean, they would never pass today. Like they sure. were just... Scandalous. Scandalous. Yeah. That's a good word for it. Yeah. <laughs> so I think that stereotype's kind of been in play in beer marketing mm-hmm. since... Long, time, long, time. long ago. Yeah. yeah, I could see that. But then also, I think maybe the shift happened when we started realizing that women hold the majority of the purchasing power in their household. So, like, lest we not forget that we are the people spending money. You know what I mean? And plus, now that so many breweries, including ours, are super family friendly you're seeing a lot more women come out and be interested. Like they feel comfortable going to a place that it's not, you know, they don't just walk in and it's, you know, a bunch of burly dudes Mm -hmm. behind the bar and a bunch of burly dudes drinking beer that may, you know, like they feel like they can come in and be welcomed and learn about beer. Cause I know like I've been to both of your brews, obviously, Mm -hmm. and the staff cares about educating people about beer and they care about taking the time to talk to you about what do you like? You know, it's not so intimidating, that may be like, oh, just because I don't like, I don't know, whatever beer is trying, like, yeah, that you can't find something for you right. and that people are willing to talk you through it. Yeah, I think that's a huge part is like craft beer in general gives you so many options. So mm-hmm. before it was just the light lagers and that's all they had. And you're like, why would, I don't, I don't not like interested that. in that. Yeah. But now you have like these Belgians that kind of have these wine characteristics, like mm-hmm. these other like sours and things that can pull you know, that are more appealing to more people, not just women, but just everyone. Yeah. yeah. When people are like, I don't one. like beer. I'm like, oh, there's a lot of beer. Yeah, there's yeah. a lot of beer for somewhere. There's, some, there's beer that be doesn't one. even taste like beer, right? Exactly. Yeah, there's got to yeah, be one. Most, most of the most popular styles of beer right now don't taste at all what people would, cla- like, yeah. if 
what you Some think of as Joe, beer. Joe six pack walked right. into mm-hmm. a bar and said, "Give me a beer." I don't like those aluminum cans. Yeah. <laughs> Tastes like metal. Like, the, well, yeah, well, the, yeah. That <laughs> we've moved on from that. That, that yeah. guy isn't going to think that a kettle sour is a beer <laughs> or yeah. that mm-hmm. a hazy IPA tastes like beer. So right. it, it across the board has brought taking taking craft beer much more mainstream sure. by having a way wider gamut of taste profiles right. and ones that if you don't like beer, you're still going to like. You could still enjoy. Yeah. You can find something you'll enjoy. And because breweries are producing so many different styles now, it's not like you walk in and see 16 light lagers or, you know what I mean? Like right. you'll have the whole shoot and match of different varieties, which I think is, it, it's inviting for everybody, not yeah. just women. Absolutely. And if we go far enough back in time, it was the women who brewed the beer. Right, yeah. Amen. Women Going were historically there. the brewers. Yes. So. Until men were like, this is cool. I want to do this. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> <I'm> like, <"Sure."> <laughs> <laughs> but I, I would still say, still though, throughout Maryland, even though there are a lot of women in the industry, there still don't seem to be a whole lot of women who are brewers. And is that... A less attractive job to have or is it um, I mean I wouldn't say I mean I worked in the cellar for a little bit in the back because I was genuinely interested in like Learning knowing every process that yeah. they were doing so that I could help them from a quality standpoint of like oh this is the process you're doing oh well maybe you should change this because it'll like be more clean or you know like things like that so I mean I definitely have an interest in brewing personally I would love to be trained in the brew house and yeah um yeah I don't I mean it's definitely hard work it's physical yeah. labor and it is a lot of work so is that do you think is that sort of too like the physical aspect of it because I know personally as a lazy person <laughs> I'm, I'm not at all I'm not at all interested in being a brewer unless I worked at like union or Trogues or someplace where I just have to push a oh button. Oh my gosh, those right. are so but, stunning. Yeah, I would work in one of those places as a brewer, right. but sure. working at Milk House or True Respite, or actually mm-hmm. even here, I, I mean, yeah, they have a them. lot of here is still yeah. manual mm-hmm. climbing up it and is down. A lot. With, mm-hmm. like, the uh, my like, of grain are heavy. Fame yeah. is that <laughs> I have helped mash out at least one time. A whole time? <laughs> yeah. I had to stand on a stool because I couldn't reach into the mash tun without being on a stool. So I've mashed out at Milk House just as many times as you. <laughs> and I don't know how many times Tom has done it. Probably not very many. But I don't I don't know that it's like less attractive. Hopefully Tom doesn't listen to the podcast. He won't. Okay, Hi, Tom. Just... <laughs> um, I don't think that it's less attractive. I just think that... I don't know. I, I used to homebrew a lot. I know it's like a bad word in our community. Um, but uh, I think it's awesome. Really? <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Now I'm like, how did I do this? Like, this is a lot of work. <laughs> if I could just go to the store, yeah. you know? Oh, that's 100% my opinion now. That's so home, much work. Yeah, I used yeah to and you bottle one now. time and you're like, get in a kegerator. Never doing this again. <laughs> yeah. Trying to gravity bottle off yeah, your... Yeah, that is, nope. that is my exact experience. I bottled once as I got home and I was like, hey, honey, I'm going to buy a kegerator. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's so much easier. Just lay it on nice the side and roll around. Yeah. And then it is I, nice to have And a then I got to the point like, 
hey, it's a lot easier just to go to the brewery or to a store. Well, then you appreciate how much work it is. Yeah. It's like a... This is like a process. It doesn't just come out of the faucet like that. Right. And then if you have a subpar batch, you're like, all right, I got five to ten gallons of something that I don't really want to drink, but I'm going to make myself drink yeah, it. Yeah, because I, I, I made this. Yeah. yeah. Totally. <laughs> no, that would just, that it would just be who I pawned off on people. Like, hey, you want to try? <laughs> oh, it would just go. become the hey. That, that's, <laughs> that's probably why the hey, you want to try my homebrew people exist. They just don't want to drink their yeah. own. <laughs> Please get rid of this. Yeah. <laughs> like how many bottles did you have sitting in your basement yeah. and like different colored caps of different, Oh, you remember this terrible beer we made and open it a year later and it gushes everywhere. Like oh, it's probably not clean, you know, that's, that's awesome. a lot of work. That's a lot of so work. in, in a lot of places though, like uh, brew, the brewing industry will be called uh, a good old boy network or like the, a lot of actually, I mean, just across the board, that's a phrase you often hear. Do you feel like that's not an issue at all in Maryland, or do you still find some of that where you like you get the people not thinking that you know as much as you do about the brewing industry? Like, talk, I guess talking down to you. Like I the, don't feel like I get that from anybody in the industry. No, the only time I've ever, in a slight way, got that was. When I was with um, my fiance Drew at a brewery, we we're getting a tour or whatever, and um, we he mentioned he was a brewer, and so they started talking to him about, or they were Stuff just mainly mainly understand. talking to him about things, and I was like, he was like asking, or they asked a question, and like I had the answer, and they're like, <laughs> oh okay, so it just it was oh, kind of like assumed that he knew yeah. everything, yeah. like more, yeah. Than I have to admit that I, I have noticed it a handful of times, um, especially like if I'm behind the bar with any of my bartenders, because um, most of our bartenders are guys, mm-hmm. and regularly customers will come up and ask the guy if he's the owner, and they'll be like, no, it's her. <laughs> and they're like, oh, okay, cool. But like that happens regularly. Oh really? Like nobody assumes that I'm the owner. They pretty much probably... If they haven't like seen our website and know who I am before they come, yeah. they assume that the whatever guy behind the bar is probably the owner, which is fine, but it is something that I have noticed. Yeah. That's interesting too, especially in this area. If you go to a decent amount of breweries, there are a lot of breweries owned by women in Maryland. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah, which is awesome. It yes. is awesome. And it hopefully that'll so change. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. That whole, people will start assuming that it's like, okay, it could be the man or the woman mm-hmm. who owns the brewery. It's so funny Absolutely. because we only have female bartenders like for no reason other than that's just how the cards fell. And everybody always assumes that they own the brewery. And, to, you know, it's, uh-huh. and I don't know if it's just because we've had the same bar staff for so long. Right. Do you know what I mean? They just assume. Yeah, until, and then she's you see, always here. So Yeah, right. so she must be, you know. But that's so funny. I... I mean, women can own breweries too. Yeah, right. And they do a lot of them. Yeah, a lot. Cool. Right? <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. It's so awesome. So, what about in Austin? I would assume Austin like was probably pretty close to the yeah. same as the Maryland beer industry yeah, was. I mean, I would definitely say Austin, like group themselves, are very like tight knit. Um, I mean, the the brewery that I came from, Independence Spring Company, is owned by a woman, Amy Cartwright. Um, 
so it's kind of just like I grew into yeah. that. Um, nothing's ever been. I mean, it was always it's always been awesome that she was the owner, but I didn't really think anything differently of it. Like it just yeah. seems like oh, you're the I don't know you're a woman and you happen to be the owner. <laughs> like well, you coming from Colorado is it different? Like um, like the community's different. It's hard to say because I was working as an engineer in the oh, wow. oil and gas industry when I was in Colorado. So I wasn't Not a really... lot of men in that industry. Oh, no. <laughs> no men in that industry. <laughs> There's probably way more sexism in that, that job. Than... One thing I have noticed having like been in working in oil and gas, and I was an environmental engineer, so I wanted to protect the environment. I know people sometimes when you say oil and gas get kind of um, weird about it, but... Um, having gone from like oil and gas to now the brewing industry, my name is Bailey, which is traditionally a male name. Mm -hmm. And so, so many times people will email me and call me Mr. O'Leary or like Mr. (laughs) Bailey O'Leary. It happens all the time, which I guess going from like engineering to brewing. People just automatically assume that. Yeah. That is great. I've never thought about that. But yeah, so I don't know. I wasn't really involved in the brewing community, like sure. behind the scenes of running the businesses. So yeah. I don't, I can't answer that question exactly. Wow. Interesting. That's cool though. Yeah. What a badass. I didn't know that. It was your background. That's super cool. Engineer to brewery owner. <laughs> if you listen that. to the Uncapped podcast, you would oh, know I that. I that. <laughs> <laughs> I'll get on it. That's our homework. <laughs> yes, exactly. That's and and that was one of the things like I've you, you'll read. And it's always some place else in the country where there will be um, stories about like systematic discrimination in or systemic uh, uh, discrimination or in uh, or sexism at breweries. Like there's been several actually recently high profile stories but it from all of my experience and obviously i'm not i'm looking from not within the i've never seen any like even glimmer of that like it it, it's more of been like what you said where it was like okay i never thought about it she was just a woman owned a brewery like it Mm -hmm. like i think we're fortunate in our area because like we do have so many amazing women in positions of ownership throughout breweries, positions of leadership in our community. I mean, the Brewers Association, we have a ton of women on the board who participate. Um, Cindy's the president right now, Yeah, Cindy's president. I'm VP right now. Julie's on the board. Julie sits on the national board. I mean, we have a really amazing group of women in our area that are super supportive and welcoming because I'm like fairly new to the industry like three years at a brewery so I mean I don't know if you felt this but I felt like extremely welcomed by everybody in the industry and I've always felt like I could reach out to or lean on any of the number of amazing women that I've met so I feel really lucky that we're here yeah how long have you worked at breweries Emily um what year is it? Since I think it's 2019. Right. Uh, but I also don't know the, how to spell names. I guess the so. end, end of 2014. It's like almost five years. But for oh, a while. Wow. Yeah. And you just like jumped from engineering to brewery owner. 
That um, is so amazing. I know. It's so cool. It's <laughs> really cool. We were home brewers, so we had that. Yeah. But I'm, yeah, we started writing our business plan in 2014. And then we didn't open until 2018. So we had some some years there to yeah. get That's acquainted so cool. while awesome. we were trying to open. But That's so cool. Mm-hmm. Well, soon you're going to have to guess, go stand on a panel and talk about the same exact things, I'm guessing. Probably. <laughs> We'll be prepared. Now, now we're loosened up. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, you got us ready. Glad I could be the practice run. Yeah. (laughs) And this beer is delicious. It's It's really really good. good. I like it. It is really good. So, Um, is is someone actively working on um, starting a Pink Boot Society in Maryland, Frederick, somewhere, or that? We talked about it. in the winter. We did. Winter, December. Yeah, I think. We don't have, we don't currently have time for it, but if there's, if there is interest, um, Kristen at Flying Dog here um, has been in contact with Pink Boots regarding Mm -hmm. like getting a chapter set up and we have all the information. Um, It's just, it's a lot. Yeah. Because we would like to get something closer than DC and I don't, I don't know if Baltimore is super active. I'm not sure, to be honest. I'm a part of the groups, but I don't really participate because when you have those events, um, or like not events, but when you have those groups, they're usually having meetings during the week or something, and you can't uh-huh. really just skip out and go so drink Baltim- down in Baltimore and then come back and work yeah. the next day. It's Baltimore just, right? has a chapter also? I think so. I don't know they if they're split. super active. I think the D.C. one is like the yes. main okay. one in our area. Um, but yeah, if there are women watching, listening, mm-hmm. who are interested it is reach out to one of us yeah, or Kristen. Any of us will we can put you in the right direction. Yeah. Cause it is a really very cool organization. It would be, yeah, we'd love to get something going. up and going. Yes, for sure. Do you have any idea how many members there are across, across the country or um, at all? No, I no. They I know had a how huge much, presence at CBC. Yeah. Like huge. It was crazy. Yeah. It's, pretty awesome i know they started in 2007 oh, wow. so oh so they've been it's mm-hmm. been around for quite some time so yeah. there's probably yeah. and quite a few i have to big. say her name terry Ferendorf created pink boot society so we wouldn't be here today if it weren't for her what's her background is she she's brewer badass all things <laughs> beer you should look her up because she's incredible what brewery does she work at it's a great question. I don't have that detail. Or she's still with the brewery, I wonder. I don't know. Or if she's, she does well, actually, a lot she of may work. just run Pink Boots at this point. Yeah, she thinks I can't she imagine has another job, not... too, because it's, I, yeah, it's a lot of Pink Boots is volunteer work. So, like, mm-hmm. all these women have jobs outside of it, which is, like, amazing. Like, as Sarah was saying, like, it takes a lot of work to do it. And I don't know. It's awesome that they're dedicating that much time. Oh, it's so so cool. I mean, and the packet, like just to start it, to look through, I mean, it is incredibly thorough. Like you can, it's very well thought out because Mm -hmm. they wanted to be impactful to the community, which is awesome. And when we talked about it, it was like, just with everything that came online right in December, it was Mm -hmm. like, we didn't feel like we had the bandwidth to give it what it truly needed because we don't want to half-ass it. So. Yeah. We're hoping that we can juggle some things around and make it make it happen. Yep. But until then, we have the Pink Boots um, International Women's Brew Day. So everyone and anyone can participate that. 
in that. And I know that Flying Dog wants to have outside women come in to participate in these um, brew days. Oh, cool. We haven't gotten there yet. We've kind of just been growing it every year. Oh, and this year looked amazing. And bigger. So hopefully we'll have more outside um, women inside the industry, but other breweries come in and collaborate with us. That'd be awesome. Cool. Well, I will let you three go so that you can get prepared to go talk about the same stuff again <laughs> for the people standing in the rain. Or I guess it's under it's a tent. Inside. There's a lot of good tents it's out inside. there. It's not raining anymore. No, I thought it was, we don't know. We've been uh, that's here true. It could be beautiful. There's no now. windows. <laughs> it could be There's sunny. no windows. <laughs> We're at the beach. It's fine. Yeah. Well, thank you. Um, is there a lot of that? What, was it? There, it was a, we had like, it was a 15 barrel batch, so. So it should be fairly readily available at the brewery for yes. a month-ish or so. We'll see it's, how, uh, we'll see, see how, you know, it goes. Maybe Everybody can have tonight. a beer. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. If we really get down tonight. to it, that but, would be, that would yeah. be impressive. <laughs> yeah. Super impressive. Well, thank you again. Thank Thanks, you everyone Chris. for watching and listening. So Cheers. 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 Thank you. <laughs> the Uncapped Podcast is produced by Graham Cullen and me, Chris Sands. Be sure to like us on Facebook. And if you've enjoyed these podcasts, please leave us a review on Google Play or the iTunes Store. A special thanks to Double Motorcycle for providing our theme music. Thanks for listening. Oh my God, that's good.